Hi, this is Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mwerder, brought to you as always by our friends at VolleyballMag.com, and as Tri's shirt now says, Chomps, bringing the pod snacks. And also, if uh, if you hear any, say, <clears throat> medical equipment in the background, <laughs> Tri's getting his shark blood treatment right now, keeping yep. him healthy and ready for the 2019 season, so exactly. might hear some medical stuff happening. But today we got Billy Kalinske and Miles Evans on the podcast. How are we doing, gentlemen? Very good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good. Stoked to be here. Now, Bill, you just got back from Mammoth, your first time skiing. Is yes. that correct? Yes, it was uh, quite an experience. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, I actually uh, went with a group of friends, uh, Kelly and I, and a few of our other buddies from actually back in Wisconsin. And uh, so I was told before I went, they're like, make sure you get a lesson. They're like, don't be stupid. You put too much time into volleyball. I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to be a hero with the skiing. <laughs> so got paid for my lesson, got the uh, going down the real small bunny hill. And I see, I looked to my right. It was a little embarrassing when you look to your right and there's like four or five-year-olds that are like <laughs> going down way faster than you are. So it was, uh, it was a pretty cool experience. And uh, so we got to go up the bunny hill, um, hit a couple decent runs. I'm like, okay, didn't fall, going really slow. I'm like, all right, I got this. And yeah. then uh, Kelly, Kelly's like, yeah, Kelly Larson is uh, my girlfriend. And she's like, yeah, just go down this hill. It's just like the bunny hill. <laughs> so I start going and uh, during the lesson... They kind of teach you the basics. This pizza, which I learned is basically you start slow with your skis and <laughs> like a bill and like like twelve like eight year olds. Yeah, going that's down our, this that's hill. What I'm picturing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm good. If these guys can do it, I should be all right. So I start going down the hill and uh, didn't really start with the skis and the V like I was supposed to. So I'm like, okay, catching up a little speed. I'll be able to just go to the V whenever I want and uh, slow down. <laughs> Let's just say once you uh, once you pick up a lot of speed you can't really slow down the way you want. So I remember during the lesson, they were they're like, whatever you do, keep your head up and don't look down at your skis because that's gonna, your body's going to tell yourself you're going to go down. Mm-hmm. So I'm catching up speed and I'm looking only at my skis. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, you can't do that. you got to look up. you got to believe. Let's go for this. <laughs> so for those five seconds, I felt like I was an Olympic skier <laughs> until, until I get kind of close to the bottom and I, I look and I see about 50 to 75 people. And I'm like, if I don't slow down, I don't know what I'm going to do at the end of this hill. Because oh, nice. I was staying up. I'm like, okay, feeling pretty good. So then I just luckily leaned to one side. And I actually had a graceful landing. But it was there was a moment there. I'm panic. like, complete panic. I'm like, <laughs> all right. It was cool for those five seconds. But I'm like, I'm ready to be out of this situation. <laughs> so landed. But uh, yeah, overall, it was a really cool experience to kind of get out of my comfort zone and do that. How have you not been... Um like in the snow, growing up in Wisconsin, right? <laughs> no, I thought you'd be the expert, right? I, everyone asked me, they're like, "How are you not? Have you not skied?" I, uh, growing up playing basketball, basketball season was always during that time period, kind of during the winter mm-hmm. months. So I never wanted to get hurt. Uh, so I mean, you think at some point though I would have tried it once, but no, it's only sledding in the backyard, tubing. I got right. that down, but skis, I was definitely scared going out of that uh, chairlift this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was a new experience for me. I remember the first time I skied. The guy learned the same way. I had my basic like beginner lesson, and then it was just the pizza. I was like, "Oh, this is easy. I can go." But then once you start going, you're like, "Well, you only break by turning." I'm going way too fast to turn, so I'm just gonna kind of find this and tumble down. Exactly. That's the only exactly way to stop is falling. Just sit down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. How can I fall with grace here? I actually haven't tried skiing, so I can't knock it yet. But I've snowboarded and that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. it's a little tough. It's not exactly surfing. Yeah, it's a whole different concept. How about yeah. you, Miles? I've snowboarded a couple times. The first time I broke my collarbone, nice. my hitting shoulder too, which sucks, but I'm all right. 
Uh, <laughs> I love snowboarding, but I don't do it as much. Yeah. It's pretty scary. Like Bill said, like you bomb those hills. You're like, yeah. there's no way out of it. You, <laughs> you get, to, ground pretty you get hard. too excited. <laughs> you get all amped. You're like, oh, all right, just one. Yeah. And then you're going, you're like, okay, I'm going to just finish this run. And then you gribble and you're like, damn it. I told myself <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it's wild. Bill, with you growing up in Wisconsin too, I, I just kind of want you to illuminate, kind of talk about your story getting into beach volleyball because you don't see too many people from Wisconsin ending up in beach volleyball and now playing in a four-star tournament here in a couple weeks. So if you could just backtrack a little bit and just talk to our listeners, just how does one from Wisconsin stumble into beach volleyball and Bradford end up in Redondo <laughs> here? Yeah, yeah, I uh, grew up my whole life playing basketball, and uh, when I was probably seventeen or eighteen. I would play in the co-ed sixes league back home where it's at a bowling alley. And the only reason I played was because the girl I liked at the time, she, she was playing. So I'm like, oh, I'll go. So I started, her dream was to actually go to California and become a professional beach volleyball player. Wow. So I, uh, I started getting into it, playing. I'm like, oh, this is fun, taking it super serious, of course, and uh, <laughs> getting way too into it for a co-ed sixes league where everyone's just drinking beers, just people after work. And uh, so I, got, I kept getting into it more and more, and... Uh, then I started, I remember I played my first uh, beach volleyball tournament. I was like 22. My friend's like, actually the year before, I got really into, back in Wisconsin, they have uh, grass triples. And that's kind of the thing you do all over the state. So I would travel uh, every weekend for a year. And I remember the first time I won like $50 in a tournament. Like, I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like, oh man, I can, I can do this. Like, this is way better than working yeah. the seven or eight hours I was to make 50 bucks. I'm like, I'm playing volleyball. I took like a third or something. So I was so <laughs> pumped. I'm like, so I started driving, I'm calling anybody I can playing co-ed, whatever, just to play chances to win a little bit of money. Yeah. And, uh, so I did the whole grass thing. My friend's like, you're super into volleyball. He goes, come play a doubles tournament with me. And I, I'll never forget this. Cause it was Enter the tournament, like an open tournament. And uh, in Wisconsin, for all these grass tournaments, you would bring like a full cooler full of food for like, the f- you're there all day from 8 till mm-hmm. 5 p.m. As long as you don't, you're at least there till 1. Yeah. Right. So I go there for, to Bradford Beach, playing my first tournament, no clue how to play beach volleyball. And uh, tournament started at 8 o'clock and I was out of the tournament by 9.15. <laughs> and I lost to two guys that were like mid-40s. And it was like 21-10, 21-8. Just got killed. So I'm sitting there with this. I parked my, I always remember this. I parked my car up at the top of the hill and I lugged this like 30-pound cooler and my mom <laughs> made me half the sandwiches. And I'm ready for a long day. And I remember I lost. I was so pissed. And uh, at like 9.15, I'm like, well, I'm not lugging this thing all the way back up this, <laughs> this hill. I go, I'm at least eating a sandwich. So I remember that day I was like, I, need, I was so mad. And I lugged that thing back to my car. I'm like... I'm figuring out how to play this game. So it was kind of, I always remember that moment. It's like, all right, I got to figure out how to uh, take this game seriously. Either go and, all in or stop. Yes, or stop <laughs> because I was just so mad. And uh, kind of continuing from that, my, the guy I played with, after he knew how like upset I was, he's like, you love this game more than anybody I know. He's like, you need to talk to Yanni. I'm like, who's Yanni? And uh, Yanni was the guy down at Bradford Beach. I feel like every beach has one. There's just kind of the beach guy that's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, which one's Yanni? And he, I remember he points. He's like, yeah, that guy over there. And uh, he looked like Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid. He's about <laughs> mid-70s. He goes, that's the guy you got to talk to about the game. So I was like, okay, I'll go talk to him. So I walk over to him, and uh, I'll never forget because he's like, he's like, yeah, I'll teach you how to play. He goes, but I need you to drink a beer. I was like, what do you mean to drink a beer? He's like, 
go get a beer, drink the whole, chug the whole thing, and then I can start teaching you. And then clean my car. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, where is this going? And uh, so he went over there, and then he started to teach me on a handset. Later on, I realized that he wanted me just to relax, and he realizes everybody's so tense, so he's like, go drink a beer, and then I'll teach you. So kind of long story short, I... I started hanging out with him more than all my friends that were going out on the weekends. They're like, man, you're always hanging out with this like 70 year old guy. Like, <laughs> you don't come out to the bars with us anymore or hang out. I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just playing volleyball. And they're like, I would always leave early cause I'm like playing at like Saturday morning. Yeah. But during the winter months, Yanni was kind of the one for, for like two years. I probably went with him like three days a week and he would, we had indoor sand facilities. So it'd be snowing outside. You go in, he practiced with me for like two hours and, uh, then we'd, I'd take him to dinner afterwards because there usually was a restaurant there. But I can really credit him for, like, I have old videos of him just making me talk, pass, and set for, like, hours. I'm like, man, what am I? And he always <laughs> says, he goes, I remember your first time. He goes, after about 10 minutes, he's like, I thought I was going to have to uh, take you to the hospital. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I can really credit him because he really took me under my wing. So he was kind of my mentor. And I feel like most players have somebody they look to that has some sort of story that goes along those lines. But it was really cool because... A couple years ago, he got to come to the AVP and kind of see me after I moved out here. And yeah. he always kind of told me, he's like, you know, you kind of got to get out of here after I started traveling to all the Midwest tournaments. And uh, it, was, it was just cool to kind of even call him now to give him my updates. And uh, he definitely was a really inspirational person for me. And yeah. Bradford Beach is the, that's like the, the yeah. place everyone goes, right? Yeah. That's where the, the, we had one AVP there in the mm-hmm. last few years, uh, Milwaukee. And yeah, it's pretty rad. Like the setup yeah. is sick. There's like legit bars on the beach, mm-hmm. which I guess that exists in a lot of places except yeah. for the places I go. Yeah, <laughs> Hawaii and California. I don't really. Yeah, that tournament. Go. That tournament was was special for me because yeah. that was one. Just growing up there and thinking about all the training I've done with Yanni on that beach, I was like so excited to play that mm-hmm. one. And and actually the the day or like the week before or something, I I didn't have a partner and. I randomly reached uh, David McKenzie's like, hey, you want to play? I was like, yeah. So it was kind of a scramble <laughs> it's mode. A good we never, yeah, very good pickup. <laughs> and uh, we never practiced together. I remember the day before we, we practiced before the qualifier and we got killed. And I'm like, and it was to kind of some local guys. I'm like, I remember going to bed. I'm like, this can't happen. I'm like, this is, I'm qualifying in this tournament. Like I've been training for it all year. And uh, just to qualify and get into that one was really special to have kind of everybody at the beach that saw me kind of working through the years. So that was, Definitely a kind of a home court advantage, I guess I would say. So it's yeah. a lot of fun. It's funny, too. You mentioned that you bring this big cooler that one day, and you're out by 9.15. That was, in a way, like your first taste of what a qualifier is like. Mm-hmm. You bring a big cooler, you <laughs> might get a terrible first-round draw, and then you're out. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like crap. Absolutely. So. And, Bill, I mean, you mentioned you remember like your first qualifying experience, but, Miles, yours really wasn't all that long ago. It was yeah. Huntington of 2016 with Kurt Topple. No, I, I think believe. it was 2014. But uh, yeah, two years later, I think I tried again. Yeah, and you guys, you went to three like deep into the third set for all of your matches in that 2016 oh, one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And when you make it through, I and mean, especially because you played, you had like an awful draw too. You were in the same bracket as Jeremy Casebeer and Derek Olson that's and right. Matt Olson and Kevin McCulloch. Yeah. When you see that. For a small 16-team draw, were you thinking that, yeah, like, I'm definitely going to qualify in this one? That's a gnarly uh, bracket. It being my first time qualifying or trying to qualify, I was like, I knew I had a really good partner and I had a good shot, but I knew that it was going to be a tough road no matter what, and anything can happen in a qualifier. So, 
Yeah, it was, and the first match was like 2018 in the third set, and he's like, uh, this is going to be a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, dude, I thought you were supposed to block everyone. <laughs> and, I mean, how have you seen your game progress since then? Because, I mean, at this point, you guys are now, you're out of the country quota for four stars. Like, as individuals and a team, you guys have made a lot of progress. So what have you seen in your game that has stepped up in these past couple years? Um, just the commitment to the game, honestly, um, just seeing how much time you have to put into it, uh, getting a lot of knowledge from Bill and, uh, other people, mentors, coaches. And, uh, I think, uh, the biggest parts were, um, believing that you can, that I could do it and that I could pr- pursue this and that it could be a reality and finding the right people along the way, um, to help me get there is I think the most important things to get me there. How did you guys end up forming a partnership? I know you played in, in a Norseka or two. How did you go about kind of sealing the deal that, yep, we're going to go for this, Miles, you're going to have that commitment to the game that you've been missing? Um, how did that kind of happen? Well, Miles would probably say after he beat me in Seaside, he says that's when <laughs> I knew it was the moment. He, he likes to remind me about that one. So when uh, him and Marty beat Avery and I in the semis, he says that was the one that really switched me to believe that he could do it. Um, but the real story is, <laughs> so actually it kind of happened when, you know, I was you know, definitely lucky that for the opportunity that he actually didn't qualify in the first event because I kind of talked to him about, he reached out to me after that tournament saying he was kind of playing with multiple partners and he's like, hey, do you want to play? And I kind of told him the story that I didn't happen to sign the, the AVP contract and I was just kind of ch- uh, choosing to go down this route. And I'm like, if, you're in, if you want to do this, then we're going to kind of go a little different route than, mm-hmm. than others. And uh, definitely I was happy enough when he's like, yeah, I'm in. Um, because honestly, at that point, there wasn't many people that, even for myself, to choose with everybody else right. signing, you know, the signing the contract. And it was awesome to have his commitment and him kind of believing in it and being like, hey, this is what I see and what we can do. Um, so I've always kind of believed in our team and definitely believed in him as a player because I've seen him play for the couple years before that. So I felt like we get a coach and kind of do this the right way, we'll definitely be heading in the right direction. Yeah. And making that decision not to sign the contract, not an easy one, especially because, I mean, opportunities to make money in beach volleyball are few and far between. And then, you know, when you have to go international, the investment you have to make to get that return is even more difficult. How tough was it to make that decision? And what were the factors that kind of sold you as, yes, this is what I want to do? For me, I think it was... Since I moved out here about six years ago, I've had the right partners. I feel like the people that have kind of helped me get to a point where I believe in myself. I think that was kind of the biggest thing. I, when I first came out here, Adam Roberts, I got to play a season with him. And for those of you that don't really know him that well, that guy is so deep, detail-oriented about everything. And at that point, I was just like, sure, we're going here. We're going. This. I just wanted to play volleyball. Yeah, we had A-Rob on the podcast. So oh, you did? Okay. If you don't know who he is, mm-hmm. scroll back and go yeah. listen to his after. Yeah, he, uh, he definitely, he's just such a competitor. Everything's competitive with him, and he's just got a plan for everything. And at that time in my life, I really didn't have a plan for anything. So I was just uh, like going with the flow. So to get to play with him really opened my eyes on how to be a professional, and then uh, getting the opportunity to play with Casey, Casey Jennings, who who really took me all his, gave me so much of his competitiveness and like knowledge. And I think sometimes even like practicing with guys like Paul Baxter and some other guys that I got to thinking about partners, trying to figure it out. 
you just you don't really realize until you play with a veteran that you're like, man, we've done ten practices together and I haven't lost. And I'm like, if I play with anybody else, I'm losing. And you don't really know why, because they don't really tell you. But they're like, yeah, just do this, do this, and uh, then you're winning. Right. So you're happy as can be, like thinking you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. And then you get somebody else where they're not really leading the show, and you're like, why am I not winning anymore? So mm-hmm. I think those those influences of like how to prepare and how to compete, and pretty much learning how to win. Like learning from those guys has helped kind of me gain that confidence to say I'm going all in. And I was thankful for Miles because I remember having the conversation with him. I I could picture his face on the other side of the phone when I kind of told him, (laughs) like, listen, we're going to have to put in $10,000 at least and we're going for this. Like if we lose it all, we lose it all. I I don't care. And he was silent for a second. So I could tell him, what do you mean we're going to put $10,000? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, listen, I don't have a lot of money either, but we're going for this. And just to believe, so I've been really grateful that he's willing to say, hey, I believe in you. I'm like, listen, I believe in you. Let's go and see what happens. And now we're kind of moving our way up and having some good finishes, some close close matches at the end of last season with some really good teams. So I'm excited for this upcoming year. Do you guys think um, that you guys have, exceeded your own expectations because i mean i think from the outside it's pretty clear that you guys have exceeded other t- people and other teams expectations how is it uh compared to what you guys were expecting for yourselves i guess initially uh, when we started playing the fivb i didn't have like a ton of expectations just kind of played and s- got to see where we were in the world and uh at first, it felt good to have some results and to take second place in the first or the one star. But once we started playing higher level teams and started feeling like we were uh, amongst all the other players, it, the expectations kind of um, they hi- they raised right. a lot higher. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, we are amongst these guys. We can play with any of these guys. Why mm-hmm. shouldn't we win versus them? We practice just as much, whatever. So I think we. At first, we're like, oh, all these guys are amazing. And now right. we're like, oh, we can, we can compete with these yeah. guys for sure. It seems like you guys have done it the right way. I mean, every um, successful team seems like they've gone through every mm-hmm. step and mastered each step you know, along the way, like all the way from like, what you did with Mr. Miyagi and yeah. Bradford <laughs> Beach. You, you put in the reps there and, mm-hmm. and had that commitment. And then you guys have done well on... Uh, you know, made it through the qualifiers, made it through. Now you guys established yourselves on the domestic tour, and then Norsecas, and now one stars, and you're going each step of the way, and mm-hmm. and yeah, the, the bar just keeps raising. But I think that's what the best teams do is they just keep raising the bar. They never really expect it to like to reach their goal. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It seems like you guys are on a pretty good path. Yeah, so. I think it, it, it's interesting you bring it up like that because even when you're back when I was just moving out here, I had no desire to be like, oh, I want to go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I feel like as you go, you just kind of build the confidence. And it's not like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, well, we played in all these tournaments. Right. Now we're playing the fifth best team in the world. I just kind of look at it as, why not? Why can't we win? Right. Yeah. And I think when you kind of get over that point, because <clears throat> it took a long time for me to kind of get to that point, And especially guys, very inspiring guys like Casey Jennings, who just you never think you're going to lose when you play with him. Like he just, he, he's just such a warrior. And you really like, as you get going and playing these tougher teams, you just start to give them confidence. And then you start to see they make mistakes too. And it's like, everybody's human. Like why not? If you put in the work, I just really believe you can get the results that you're looking for. Yeah. I think anyone can say that their goals are, let's say Olympics or world mm-hmm. championships or best team in the world. 
but you have to earn these goals. Like you have mm-hmm. to yeah. earn it to be able to make that your goal. Anyone can say it. Like yeah. I want to go to the Olympics one day. Great. Like, <laughs> right. are you gonna? <laughs> is that possible? Yeah. So yeah, the fact that you can actually, you guys have earned the right to say that that's your goal now. Or mm-hmm. I don't know what if you're actually saying that yeah, yet. Well, but with, yeah, like you say, like you know, with the goals, like kind of how you go about it. Like I always tell, like I always talk to Miles about, like for me personally, my goal isn't like the Olympics. So I just kind of break it down into I just want to get better. Because I, I really, through my years of playing, I hate the point when you feel like you're stagnant right. and you're just kind of in the same spot. If I always feel like, oh, I'm improving a little bit, a little bit, wherever that takes me, I'm, I'm fine with that. So it's not like, I, I kind of got away from goals because it's like, you set yourself up for something like, I just want to keep getting better and yeah. do everything I can. And that's the way I look at it. And if I'm, if I'm winning, I'm winning. If I'm not, if I'm losing, then I'm going to make a change mm-hmm. and figure something else out. So yeah, it's definitely been cool that he's been willing to take the risk and go to one stars qualifiers and go through every baby step along the way. And it's, it's cool. Then I'll be like for our first time in a couple of weeks to be in the main draw for a four star. So and definitely what about, exciting. And you're talking about the Hague. Yeah. Right. So you guys are going out to the Hague. Uh, what other U S teams are going? Uh, Casey Patterson and Chase Buttinger. Mm-hmm. And then, Theo uh, and Reed pretty. Yep. And then I think there was a country quota today with uh, Zon and Case Beer won. Uh, they beat they won, Avery uh, and uh, 21 19, 27 25. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Beat Avery and Ed Ratledge. Okay. So, so yeah, so those are our teams. teams. Yeah, those are our teams. Okay. Do you know if you. Oh, is there one more? No, I think that's it. The three of us. Yeah, the three of us, and then that would be the fourth. Okay. Billy and Stafford? They dropped that, out. Yeah, they, they dropped, dropped, okay. dropped out. So. Do you know if you're in the qualifier or if you're straight through? We're, that... uh, we're in the main draw for that one. Hey, yeah. all right. All right. So. <laughs> oh. We're in the qualify for this one. When we qualified, we're like, yeah, we're in a four star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a really good feeling going out yeah. there, knowing that even if you lose the first one, like you'll still be all right. Yeah. Or you have another chance, you know? Yeah. And you're guaranteed money. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's always nice. nice. So <laughs> somewhat break even or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. it how difficult is it? Well, I guess for a few miles, like buying that first plane ticket to I think your guys' first international qualifier was in the Netherlands, yeah, last year, a little one star out there. Yeah, yeah. Was that tough, like making that first plunge and then <laughs> not knowing? Because, like, in an international qualifier, like, you have no idea who could be in a one star qualifier because, yeah. like, a team like a team from Cuba could come out of nowhere with no points and, like, oh, you're playing a, a team that's in the quarterfinal in the Olympics. Yeah, let's just say you don't want to see that eight hundred dollar uh, <laughs> bill on your your credit card. You're like, oh wait, I don't actually have any money right now. <laughs> this is like, this is now in the negative suite. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense. The first couple months trying to break in. Now it's nice being in the main draw where you know you you can break even if you lose. But still, we we're, the goal is to make some money in this sport right. and, and keep progressing. So cool. You guys played, was it 13 FIVBs in 2018? Something like that? Yeah, I don't know the actual number. Yeah, it was around there. around that area. I'm sure that that. a year overseas, especially Miles for you, since you never even did a full year domestically, Mm -hmm. you probably learned a lot of stuff along the way. Have you done just sort of an inventory and a recap of just all the things you've learned and and perspectives gained from this year? Yeah, one thing Bill uh, recommends is kind of writing down some of the things you learned this year um and then through the years you'll have like a book of what you've learned and like you can just you have the knowledge so Mm -hmm. i think that's a really good thing that we can do in the future and just keep building that knowledge and keep building that knowledge what were some of the things that you wrote down in your own little book here this year 
just some tendencies of some players, kind of what to do on the road is very crucial because each spot is different and you, you really have to know what to do, what to bring, what to expect. You know, there's just so much that goes into the traveling. It just changes the entire experience. Yeah. And what... I'm just so curious for, with each stop, like what specifically, like what were some of the things that you had to bring or do just because I haven't, the only international trip I've taken is to Martinique and we were at an all-inclusive resort. So like, I was pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of the things that you saw that like you had to bring or just had to do? I know that with FIVBs, there's like court signups. Was this just like baptism by fire and just learning as you go? All right, I'll, I'll start with a story that uh, it's not my favorite story in the world. I'll, I'll There's multiple, that. so we can kind of go back and forth with this. We had a very interesting traveling season, let's just say yeah, that. Yeah, we, uh, we started with a lot of, na- we're very naive, and now we have some, uh, some experience now. But So we went to France last year for, I think, our second FIVB, which we didn't end up actually playing. Um, Bill booked the flight, 2000 bucks. <laughs> Could have probably been about 400, but that's no, 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 no. So we go down there, and it's the first time that there's a qualifier for a one star. And so they have a 12 page document saying that they, so on the sixth page, there's a coach or there's a players meeting that we need to attend, and there's never been a players meeting for these before. So we miss the players meeting. We tell them like 10 minutes after the players' meeting ends that we're there, we're here. We told them a week before that we'd be there, and they don't let us into the tournament. And it was like, it was all up to him. He could have been done it, and he just decided not to. So we flew all the way out there, didn't have the volleyball experience we were looking oh, for, no. and uh, didn't actually end up playing. Got to go to the Eiffel Tower with Bill, yeah. wasn't really hoping to do that. But. <laughs> yeah, so we, so we end up talking to the, the, the guy who's running the tournament, and... Uh, He's like, yeah, just call, or I called FIVB, and he goes, it's up to the promoter to decide if he's going to let us in or not. The promoter called us 10 minutes after the meeting, and I was like, well, can't you just switch the teams online? Like, we're here. Like, it's a one-star qualifier. I mean, we're playing for, like, $500 if you win this tournament. Right. <laughs> like, we went to the one before that in the Netherlands, took second, and we each lost, like, $1,000. So I'm like, <laughs> I get it if it's, like, a five-star. Maybe we missed it. But I'm like, we're at a one-star. Nobody even really knows this tournament's going on. And... uh so he's like, I talked to the FIB guy. He said, yeah, if the promoter lets you, then you're good. And the guy didn't. The guy would wow. not budge. And this was the night before. We happened to be staying at a different hotel. So we were actually practicing when that meeting was going on. So when we get the news that we're not going to get in, Miles is so livid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a pretty good sense of, like, I'm obviously very frustrated, kind of. And I can handle things pretty well. Like, after about 10 minutes, I'm like, all right. There's no point to sit here and be upset about this the whole time. Miles is, I don't even know where Miles is. So he's walking around somewhere in this park, <laughs> pissed off. And I'm like, all right. So I kind of go to him. I'm like, listen, there's, there's no point. We're both, obviously we're both upset. I'm like, let's just go. We're here. We spent at least $2,000, dollars 3000 so I'm like, let's go to Paris. Let's, we never know if we're going to get a chance to come back. Nice romantic yeah. trip around the world with your partner. Yeah. Okay. So we're going, I'll never forget. We're going up the Eiffel Tower and we're, we're like kind of into it. Like, oh, this is cool to see. We're still bummed the tournament's going on right then. And Miles looks at me. He's like, well, I didn't picture going on the Eiffel Tower with you. <laughs> I look at him, I'm like, listen, you weren't my first choice either. So, uh, so yeah, we had, we've had some good uh, travel. And then there was another one where we were going to, I believe it was China. And so we kind of figured out our duties. I kind of set up practices. We realized 
I was buying two expensive flights, so we let Miles take care of that. <laughs> so then Miles has a couple good trips. Everything's going well. The next one's China. We get to the airport. We're flying like red eye or something. And I go up to get my ticket, and I realize that on the Miles signed up me or myself as Bill Kalinsky, which, honest mistake, my real name is William. Oh. <laughs> so the guy at the desk is like, well, if the last three digits aren't, or the three letters aren't the same, you can't. I won't print your ticket because that's not what you have on your passport. So I go, okay, can you get a manager? Because I can't think this is real because right. it's just a shortened version. And so I go to the, every William is, is Bill. calls himself Bill. Bill. Yeah. yeah. So I go to the guy. I go. Camera just turned off. So then I go to the guy and I that say, I say, okay, so Rick and Richard. I go, would, would that be fine? And he goes, yeah, you'd be fine. I go, you just told me the last three letters. I go, write that out once. So they didn't like hearing that because it's kind of like a smart out. <laughs> yeah. But. I was like, "There's no way that's gonna be true." So it's like midnight, and we gotta get, we gotta get there because it's we got the qualifier coming up. So I end up going home. I'm like, "Miles, you go. At least not both of us mess up this ticket." So I'm like, "You go. I'll figure it out." So I had to cancel my like $1,200 ticket. So then I'm up till from probably six hours on hold trying to get through this. Come, I ended up being on the phone for like 12 of the next like 14 hours oh trying God. to get everything figured out. So eventually I get there. That was another. Just mess, and uh. we're gonna pause real quick for a word from our sponsors who keep the show moving. We are incredibly grateful for all of our sponsors and all of you, the listeners who keep the show moving and keep moving us forward. We couldn't do it without you. Um, and now it's it's nuts that how fast the AVP season went by. But since it is over now, it is probably time that you re-upped on your volleyballs. I know that mine have turned to a kind of brownish-yellow color, so I know it's time for me to re-up on my volleyballs. I'm sure it is time for you to as well. So go to wilsonvolleyball.com, use the discount code WILSONSAND to get 20% off of all purchases at wilsonvolleyball.com. This show is also brought to you, as always, by our guys at VolleyballMag.com. They are your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. They got indoor covered. They got beach covered, whether it's from Stad to Hermosa Beach. Ed Chan has the best pictures in the game. Lee Feinswag has the most insightful interviews. Every now and then, I contribute something that might be worthless, might be worthwhile reading. I'm not sure, but if you're looking for volleyball news, make sure to go to VolleyballMag.com, your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. We would also like to welcome Volley Camp Hermosa as a new sponsor of the show. If you're listening, you've probably heard of Volley Camp Hermosa. It is the place to go to get better at beach volleyball. Whether you are planning a trip to Hermosa Beach, California, the mecca of beach volleyball, or live locally, they have professional coaches to take your game to the next level. For those making the beach volleyball pilgrimage, they offer week-long adult training camps that are the complete beach volleyball experience. If you live locally or you can't join a camp, you can take their weekly classes and or private training. All levels are welcome, from A to AAA to open. Sign up online at www.volleycamphermosa.com. I'll say that one more time, www.volleycamphermosa.com. Or for more information, you can just give them a call. It is 234-PLAY-VCH. Or you can email them. Info at volleycamphermosa.com. We will see you guys on the sand. And, of course, we always love our sponsors at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com because if your financial plan goes beyond making it into the main draw of an AVP volleyball tournament, check out our online planning tool at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. We all know that you beach volleyball players need to 
to put that oodles of prize money somewhere, you might as well start it with Pacific Coast Wealth Management. So when you get to the site, click on their link, build your financial plan here, and work with a licensed fiduciary advisor who can discuss everything from 401ks, IRAs, life insurance, estate plans, tax strategy, social security, investments, or good old stock tips, also known as a lot of stuff that beach volleyball players genuinely don't know a whole lot about, which is why we need the help with our guys at Pacific Coast Wealth Management. Business owners who need to offer benefits, retirement, or pension plans for their employees partners or themselves, you can give them a call too. Or 529 College Savings or Roth IRA for your kids. Did you know that you can give 15000 a year to your kid? I know when I was a kid, I wouldn't have minded that. Start with your favorite volleyball player by connecting with us at Pacific Coast Wealth Management on Instagram or www.pacificcoastwealthmanagement.com or you can give them a call, 949-637-7052. Again, that is 949-637-7052. A lot of the listeners of the show are professional athletes, and as we all know, you cannot have enough recovery, which is why the show is also brought to you by our good friends at FireflyRecovery.com. So what Firefly Recovery is, it is a wearable device that simulates blood flow throughout the damaged or sore or afflicted area, say a knee. And what you do, you just strap it on and it helps you recover much faster. So when you are on that 12-hour flight to Stad or a 36-hour trip to South Africa, you can put this on and you're not going to get that super sore, kind of swollen feeling that you get after you fly on planes. Actually, you can make your plane, you can make your trip productive by putting on Firefly Recovery, helping heal up that area, getting off, and you're going to be playing the best volleyball of your life. So give them a visit at FireflyRecovery.com. Let us know what you think and use the discount code SANDCAST in all caps for a 10% off. All right, that is SANDCAST, all caps, for 10% off at FireflyRecovery.com. And now, back to the show. Another one was we, I remember we didn't get our luggage in Morocco, our very first trip, which was like 24-hour travel day. And I'll never forget that because we were just zombies getting off that plane. We didn't know what was going on. We end up playing, we end up losing first round. And I could just tell the look in Miles' face, like, is this really worth it? Because <laughs> we didn't, we ended up, we had, we had like the day of the tournament, we were wearing the same like pants we had because it was like two days later, we finally got our luggage. And uh, we bought these just hideous board shorts just because we needed matching clothes. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a, another rough trip, but it definitely got a lot more smooth as the, as the year went on. So. Yeah. Now, just for our listeners, why why exactly are you guys going on these trips? Because you're talking about the prize money, and it obviously doesn't seem worth it. Tell, tell them why you're going on these trips. For points, probably, yeah. I'm guessing. Well, the one and two stars initially were just points because, I mean, we're losing money. Right. So, I mean, it was cool to play them, but, I mean, we yeah. went to Australia for the two star. That was pretty cool. But, right. you know, we still lost money, and we took third place. Um, you're trying to move up the world ranking, yeah. right, by getting yeah. all these just points. Just get as much USA points. But at the other... Um, aspect is like we weren't even getting opportunities to play the three and four stars because the other teams had higher points mm-hmm. so like we couldn't even try or attempt right. them so what we had to do was just build points to even get the chance to play those main events so right yeah and we were playing and practicing against all the other u.s teams and for years i've been trying to get in. it used to be a lot different system where it was only six they'd let in and now there's at least a little feeder system that you can try to get up the rankings but 
for years, I was always trying to play international. But if you don't have any, you and really can't. only North Seca's yeah, at the time. You can't even no really start. So that's where I told Miles, I'm like, listen, if we ever want to be relevant at all, I go, we have to go spend at least 10000 to go to these one and two stars and eventually just to get in the mix. Mm. I'm like, because I'm like, I'm sick of playing these teams in, that are all going to these tournaments. feel like we're doing pretty well. Right. But I'm like, we don't ever get a shot to play these other top players. I'm like, if we're not going for it, then there's not really a point of doing this. Totally. Yeah. And you guys uh, are currently, you guys climb the ranks, the USA ranking, probably seven or eight. I right think now? we're like, yeah, six or seven, something like that. Which yeah. means you're getting funding, and if you're finally in the funding. I think getting... we're just out right now, but we got oh, a little okay. bit of it last yeah. year. Oh, last year you yeah, got it. Yeah, we were the sixth ranked team for a couple months, so we yeah. got a little bit of money. Only top six get it? I yeah. should know yeah. this by yeah. now. Yeah, top okay. six. Got it. <laughs> well, hey, trust me, you don't want to be out of it. Just yeah. when you're I was it, out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was out of it last year. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm still out of it. <laughs> But yeah, it's a uh, it's a tricky system yeah. for sure. It's a, I think it's hard for people to listen and be like, "Wait, so why do you do this?" Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there's no money. Yeah, and it seems like an impossible system to get through. Mm-hmm. But once you make it and you're getting a, a, a funding from USA Volleyball, you're getting your trips paid for, mm-hmm. and you're only playing in three, four, five stars, and then you come home and you can make some money domestically. That's when we can start making a living. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, there's a very fine line between being a good team and actually making a living. Yeah. And it's you're either on one side or the other. So right. if you're not going all in, you're probably not gonna get exactly. over that, get over that hump. So you really kinda I you might as well just go for it. <laughs> yeah. And you get romantic trips to the Eiffel Tower that you didn't expect. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, the other part is you get to go see the world, travel right. the world, see some cool spots and you believe that you're going to get to the top five at some point, hopefully sooner than later, right. and then you're going to make your living that you're believing that you're going to make, but it's not easy. I can't imagine like in like 10 years down the road being like, oh, I'm so bummed I spent that thousand bucks and went to the Eiffel Tower <laughs> with my friend, and like, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's almost always going to be worth it in the long run, right. you know, as long as you're like going for it, doing something you love, and, and if you win, then... The upside is huge. Right. <laughs> so. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> exactly. Was there any, as you guys were kind of doing your world travels and everything and overseas for a while, was there any FOMO watching some of the AVP stuff at all? Yeah, definitely uh, watching the Manhattan Beach Open. Some of the bigger ones locally, you know. I've, I haven't really been able to play a ton of AVPs, and I'm hoping this next year I, I get the shot. Um, yeah. It's, it was definitely hard watching some of these tournaments. Uh, we felt like we would do well in, but mm-hmm. we just never really got a chance. Yeah, definitely for me, the, the first couple were really, really hard on me. Like, just not playing in them and playing these guys during the week, and then they're like, man, I want to play that team when it, when it counts. Right. Mm-hmm. So to watch them, and I still watch them because I, I know I'm like, I'm going to play these guys at some point. But you just get to a point where you're like, I'm, I'm sick of watching. So, it, yeah, no, it was definitely really hard. And, I mean, I took him to... Bradford Beach for a local tournament <laughs> during the Manhattan Open. I'm like, way better. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, we want a thousand bucks. I'm like, we Taking need this for later. I was like, <laughs> as we're watching them, I'm like, it's killing me to watch that. But, uh, but no, just kind of believing that you know you're going to get a chance to see these people and play them at some point. So, but yeah, definitely very hard to watch. Yeah. Now, Miles, you mentioned that you guys you're going to go for the AVPs if you get a shot. Um, what kind of changed your guys' mind on that in regards to playing AVPs? Um, well, there's this whole controversial thing between P1440 and AVP and whatnot. I mean, just the whole controversial thing. I think, uh, 
the fact that AVP allowed the players to play the P1440 events, for me personally, makes it seem that it's all good to play either one, and it'd be really nice to be able to play all the domestic tournaments that are available to me. So, right. I mean, I just, I'm hoping that they give us the chance to play both and that they don't care if you play one or the other, you know, that's what I'm hoping for in the future. Well, what did it come down to ultimately for you guys to make that decision originally to go, basically, all, we were all forced to pick sides. Mm-hmm. You guys were one of the only, at least the top team, you're for sure the top men's team to pick P1440 and kind of invest your time in them. What was kind of the decision on that? And, and I think, I mean, every player at least considered it. Most mm-hmm. Most people went to AVP, you guys are pretty much the only ones that went P1440, but uh, then there's a lot of girl team, female teams that kind of signed and, and went exclusively P1440, right? But like, just like generally, what, what was it uh, originally that like made you think that's better for us? Um, originally, uh, when I was searching for partners and Bill told me that he was, I think, the 12th ranked player in the AVP at one point and made like I think profit of three thousand dollars that right. season. Uh, he really opened up my eyes because he'd been playing the AVP for like the last four years at the time, and he's like, you know what? I'm re- I'm not really not making a lot of money, and like we have this opportunity here where we don't know what could happen, and there's there's just a lot of like good potential there. So right. he convinced me to go for something that wasn't necessarily like foreseeable, right? But you know, we, we believe that it was going to happen, and mm-hmm. I'm very happy with my decision. I got a great partnership, great friend from it, and I learned a lot through the whole experience. You guys also got to be kind of the face of that tour as, mm-hmm. it, as it started up, and it's evolving right now. It's, you know, it's yeah. just like king of the court. AVP is kind of steady in what they're doing, but it seems like every tour is kind of evolving as they go here. Um, but you guys got to be kind of the face of that, and, and I know, Bill, you probably had a lot of trust in Casey Jennings, who mm-hmm. he used to play with. So talk a little bit right. about that. Yeah, I think when the whole thing was kind of going down, it definitely was, uh, for me, when all the players were kind of getting together, I, I learned a lot more about the contract. I mean, uh, there was a lawyer. We were learning mm-hmm. things about that I didn't know. Okay, this this is illegal. This isn't <laughs> things that's going on. So I, I kind of just, to myself, I was like, I play, I was playing the AVP, and I love the AVP. So I, I love playing their events. There's... They're they're awesome. It's so great to have family, go to U.S. tournaments, and I've had a great experience with that. But I, I also kind of looked at, I'm 32 right now. I've been playing the AVP for five or six years. The first three or four definitely lost a lot of money, and it's my choice to go for it. If I if I wanted to make more money, that's and that's one thing I don't want. I'm definitely not complaining about it because if I wanted to go make money, I'll go make money. I could make more money. It wouldn't be beach volleyball, but. I love playing, so it's this is what I love to do. I've met so many people from this sport, and so when that decision was coming up, it was I lost so many so much money kind of through the years with the qualifiers, and then I finally was the sixth ranked team with Casey Jennings had my best season, and I remember I made eighteen thousand dollars and I spent fourteen thousand with coaching trying to do it right because mm-hmm. um, I uh, kind of learned like that's the only way to do it. If Phil Dalhauser needs a coach then I definitely need a coach. That's how I look at it. <laughs> right. So True. if Phil's got a coach, I better have a coach. Otherwise, I'm way behind. So kind of going for it. And then after you tax the $18,000, you are really still at even. And I just thought, man, for the sixth-ranked team, like I was proud of my accomplishments moving up, but I'm like, I'm still even. <laughs> so then I kind of thought to myself, how many years are you going to kind of keep doing this? Where it's 
you know what I mean? And I, yeah, I plan on being to the top, but it's, this is a, it's a tough kind of ladder to climb. And I just kind of thought, I said, you know, after learning about the contract and everyone was kind of believing, and I, I did wake up the next morning and people called me, they're like, Hey, did you know you're the only one that didn't sign? I was like, what? <laughs> because from the conversations before everyone was, I was, I was very shocked. And I was like, you know, I mean, I made this decision for myself and I go, I wasn't, I wasn't really, I took a chance. I was believing that, Hey, I think for all of us, the sport can be so much better. I just believe that. I think AVP tournaments, I'm grateful that those happen. I'm grateful for what they're doing at P1440 right now. And I love the fact that everyone got to play. Like once I heard that, I'm like, I really hope everybody gets a chance to play. All we're all trying to do, players, and you can be like, oh, you're on this side or this side. I don't mm-hmm. think there's really sides. So I, I just think we're all, we're all trying the, to make a living. It's just the path that you take. Yes, it's, right. we're all, we're all yeah. trying to make a living. So if P1440 is offering more tournaments where we can make awesome, and for every, I want everybody to be able to play. I mean, the one in Huntington, KOB, that was awesome. And then they had the other tournament. Everyone's playing for a lot of money. I go, that's great. I go, we don't get those opportunities. You know what I mean? And none of us are really making that much to say, hey, I want to choose to play this tournament. There's a reason we were going to Bradford Beach to make $2,000. Right. <laughs> I was going there to try to see family. And I was like, thanks, Miles. You can come. You can eat my mom's awesome cooking. <laughs> yeah. You'll love it. And uh, we're going to try to make a couple dollars because we're either working to make a thousand bucks or we're going to go play the game we love right. and try to, you know. So I was just really happy to see everybody. And I hope going forward, all the tours, you know, I hope everyone's playing everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, how awesome. I think it will raise the level for all of us. Like, I, my goal is like, if I don't win a gold medal, then I hope, I hope somebody from the U.S. does. And I right. hope we all can kind of raise the standard for each other. To kind of, and I think that's what more events and people will be able to commit more to it. Whereas I feel like we're all working three or four extra jobs and hopefully we don't have to do that. If we could all commit and spend more time doing recovery, doing the little stuff we need to be doing to beat these other countries, then I hope that happens. So, And what was your impression of the couple of P1440 events that have happened? You mentioned Huntington with the KOB. I thought San Jose went really, really well. And then Vegas was kind of P1440, but also four-star FIVB. So what was your guys' impression of the events that they did put on? Because then it was, it was a little bit different from what the AVP offers in the, that there's a lot more other stuff happening, too. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys think? Uh, I really, really enjoyed the P1440 events so far. Uh, the San Jose event was really cool. It was right next to the stadium, the soccer stadium. Um, I really liked the setup. Um, there was just so much to do for the families and so many activities and just, the, I think that the staff that they hired is so excellent. Everyone has, they, they offer something, you know, it's, I just think that they, they have a really good staff and they're, they're doing a really good job. I think that's probably the, the most common thread of feedback from players is how friendly everyone is at all the events. Like everywhere you go, people are asking like, how is it? What can they do to make it better? That sort of thing. So I love that P1440 was just very open and friendly with everything. San Jose, especially like Dave Mays, the CEO was throwing trash away you just right. pick up trash and throwing it away like that's like what you want in a CEO. i thought that was a really cool thing to see yeah i thought my family got a chance to come to the san jose one and usually my when my nieces and nephews come to an event they they watch me for a little bit then they're just like my brother's like man they want to go they want to leave and that's what was really cool because they were blowing up balloons they were in the jumpy house they were doing so much stuff that they couldn't get them to leave so it was cool that hey we're here to watch volleyball but we're also keeping other people entertained so i think sometimes for the average person to come out and watch six to eight hours of volleyball can be tough so i think to keep them engaged like hey go over here play ping pong go over here do the rock wall and climb that and then Mm -hmm. 
almost like more of a, like a festival, and then they had the music. I thought it was I thought it was really cool. And for the players, I mean the the payout, it it, it makes a big deal when you can make a little bit of money. You're like, oh, I don't have to be stressing about rent and food and. And then the players' tent, like the food was unbelievable. I, mean, I think everyone can say that. They're like, we have vegan options? I mean, uh, <laughs> not that I'm eating it, but, right. but other people are like, oh, I guess you, they eat like that. Yeah. So it's like just the, the amount of options and the way the players were treated, I think, was amazing. And, you know, I think at AVP, players are treated great as well. So it's just like opening the door and kind of raising the standard for the sport. And I hope everybody kind of steps up and it's, hey, mm-hmm. They get better. They get everyone's getting better. Then great. It's the same thing for us players. We always want to raise the bar for ourselves too. So, and as players in San Jose, that went really well for you guys. That was mm-hmm. not your first career Sunday, but Miles, I believe that was yeah. number one for you. Yeah. And so, how nice was it to not only to play that first P fourteen forty event that you've been waiting the entire year for, but to have career success there? Yeah, no, it was it was like a, almost a dream come true, somewhat. We didn't win the tournament, but. Uh, yeah, it was really awesome. We we beat some of the teams that we hadn't beaten before, and we played really well. And it almost we were just like in our own element, and we we're somewhat mm-hmm. relaxed and in the right mind, state of mind. How was it showing up uh, and being in the tent on Sunday? That's always like yeah. the the thing everyone talks about because. Mm-hmm. It's so quiet in there, it's right? It's so yeah. quiet, and there's no one around. Like, here's like, the big day. You yeah. get all pumped, and you go in the tent, and there's, like, no one there. Yeah, like, literally, like, one-tenth of the people there. Yeah. You're like, wait, am I really But it's kind of cool, right though. Now? It's, like, yeah. really quiet outside, and then you go into the stadium, and depending on what tournament mm-hmm. it is, then it's, like, rocking in there. But, yeah, I always think about that. When it's yeah. someone's first Sunday, I'm mm-hmm. like, how was it? <laughs> yeah. It kind of shocks you. Yeah. I remember when Casey Jennings and I made it to our first semis, when we came to Sunday, he goes, this is the most fun. He goes, we got rid of, we sent everybody else home, yeah, exactly. let them fly home, and now the real, tur- he goes, this is when the real tournament the starts. The buffet and the tents, all yours. Yes. <laughs> There's like different six, feelings. six yeah. other players in there. Right. It's weird in the finals, too, when you're like the last uh, match of the tournament, and it's just you and the other team in there. <laughs> like, you're just like flicking them off. Like That's our sport. You, know, you, you have to be, other sports, like they would never think to like be near that person right. before a championship. Right. But for us, we're just like, all right. Talk, some people are talking trash. Some people are staying quiet. You know, they have their own thing. But it's pretty unique about our sport. Kind of like sharing lunch before the big match. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably nice that you didn't have to fly all over the world to play a team like Anders and Christian oh, so or nice. the Latvians. I thought it was really cool that top flight international teams were here like three weekends in a row almost. How, did, how was it playing Anders and Christian? Because was that the first time you've seen them? Uh, first time, yeah, definitely seeing them on the court. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're definitely a solid team. Um, they they make you think a little bit more than uh, what you're used to, I guess. I mean, they're just such a stellar team. But we'll beat them someday. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. That, that match was interesting because I think we lost maybe twenty one sixteen, twenty one fourteen, and I kind of have a. I used to in the past get kind of get real upset after losses i mean i remember when i first moved out here i uh like losing a cbva i remember rafi and i took like a second in like a double a or something like that and i remember my thing i used to go to little caesar's and oh, eat a no. whole pizza <laughs> oh, i no. get a breadsticks a whole pizza and like a two liter bottle of soda and i remember sitting in my like 800 dollars car and i'm like just so mad and i'm just like 
after a while, I'm like, all right, you can't do this after every time you lose because yeah. this is every other weekend. You're yeah. in the parking lot. <laughs> Only one team yeah. can win the whole tournament. <laughs> right. You're going to lose right. unless you're just yeah. dominating the world. I didn't really understand that at that point. So it was about <laughs> 10 minutes of enjoyment and then two or three days of just feeling terrible. So I've got over that. But like after that match, that was when I remember I was like, I know he was really bummed. And I was like, I was like, man, we lost 21 16, 21 14. I'm like, I felt like I played really well. And I was like, they were just really, really good. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it kind of changed my perspective of like, I can handle it as long as I kind of know what happened. And that was when I was like, yeah, they beat us. And I felt like I did it. The stuff I wanted to do, they were just making one-arm digs and blocks that I haven't seen. I was like, well, that opened my eyes to something new, but yeah. So, and I know that you had played a lot of top flight international teams before you took Doppler and horse to three in Huntington, if I remember right. And but that was the first time that you had seen Miles. This is my serve in a crucial moment, dude. No. And just for our listeners, Doppler and Horse came second at the World Championships in 2016, I think. Um, and and then you guys played the number one team in the world. So when you look at how you stacked up, you said you played well, and then Anders and Christian won 21, 16, 21, 14. What do you What did you see in your game that can close that gap? Uh, you want to take this one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like being more prepared in, in the future of like what to expect from them. Um, now that I know a little bit, I'll definitely build on that and then maybe be able to take a couple more points defensively against them. Um, and as far as like side out, you know what to expect a little bit because you've seen it. Um, but yeah, just get a couple more points on defense is essentially what we're looking for a little bit more. Yeah, I think just kind of how detailed you have to be. Like kind of for my game, I'm not jumping and hitting the ball super hard or anything like that. So for me, it's a lot of like being super accurate, having vision. Um, and then you play those teams. I think when you first get out there, there's always that a little shock factor of, oh, we're playing this team. And I think you kind of got to get over that fact because otherwise you lose two or three points in a row. And then as you play them enough, you're like, well, that just lost us the game. Like we were 21, 18. It's like if those, the beginning of that wouldn't have happened. So I think sometimes you give those teams too much credit. And then once you kind of play them, then you start to get more confident. You're like, we can beat them. Like they're good, but give them credit. But you can, I think people can tend to give the better players what they think is the better players, the bigger names, too much credit. Mm-hmm. And it's like you get, if you, if you're siding out well and they make a couple of errors, you're going to win. So. Now we're we're heading into the 2019 season. You guys are straight into a main draw. I know that Fort Lauderdale was canceled, but like, does that really change your plans of what you're going to do moving forward? Aside from just you get a little extra break, that's it. Yeah, I wouldn't say Florida changed too much of our plans. It's definitely a bummer. Five star, we're not going to be able to to get the opportunity. But um, yeah, we're definitely going to take advantage of this four star coming up, and going to have a little bit of break after that, right? Yeah. He always wants a little bit of break after, yeah. but no, I'm just no, we we've had right, coach. <laughs> no, he's a, um, no, but it's been it's been an interesting year for us because we've kind of been playing since like the last fourteen months, kind of had tournaments pretty consistently, which I like. I want to be playing year round. Um, so we've kind of just done it where we if we got like a tournament in a month, we'll take like a, a week off the sand, just kind of keep lifting. But mm. I think it's worked out well for us. So even for us after the Hague, we'll probably take a little time off the sand just to try to stay fresh, but. And then get ready for the next one. So, uh-huh. are there any good um, tournaments, specific tournaments you guys are really looking forward to? Maybe ones you've had like a favorite from the past, or maybe a new spot. 
you're looking forward to? I mean, I really, really want to qualify for a five-star. Uh, we haven't done that yet, and I want to get a good finish. Um, so top. Stad and Vienna. So yeah. Stad would be... Vienna was awesome, the crowd. Stad was my first five-star seeing, like, mm-hmm. internationally uh, yeah. traveling, and Stad was, like... I want to play Stad for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. That whole the whole like going to all these tournaments that you watched other players like put online, like mm-hmm. the, the fans and everything. And it was especially Vienna was unbelievable. Those fans, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. And I was like, I want to get a chance to play in this. Like, there's just nothing like it. And yeah. Yeah. So I'd say uh, Stad or Vienna would be ones you definitely want to do well in. And just even like we went to Lucerne, Switzerland, and that was. Some of these places are just unbelievable, and the, the fans so get beautiful. so into it. It was, it was really cool. I remember I was watching Kelly play her match in Vienna, and I was in the crowd, and I was just filming. They're doing. They know the dance for every single song out there. Oh, yeah. And I remember I'm turning around filming. I'm like, I'm gonna go sit right in the middle of the crowd and just be a part of it. Yeah. I was like bummed after we lost ours, so I'm sitting down there filming all this, and then I didn't realize I'm filming, and I turn, and they're shooting the massive water oh, from up yeah. above, and my camera's just getting blown <laughs> up. I'm like. I was like, that's going to be a pretty cool video because I was just <laughs> turning around. But the atmosphere there is unbelievable. So if you, if you love beach volleyball, at some point, you want to check that tournament out. What's one of uh, your favorite... I'm just asking random questions that popped into my head. What are your favorite, uh, favorite match that you've played? Environment or you know, place or whatever. Uh, atmosphere. Let's see. There's a lot really, of matches yeah, there that was. I know, I'm thinking... Uh, and the one, there's probably a couple. I dread, we felt like when we got to we played Qatar and we beat them in Lucerne this year. That's a big. That win. was that was a big mm-hmm. big win for us. And it was cool. My brother was there, uh, kind of serving us to warm us up. We didn't have our coach or anything. <laughs> yeah. So, so to beat them was was really cool. And then Stadium Court. It uh, wasn't Stadium Court, Side but court. it was just kind of just the fact like I we knew how well they were doing. They were getting some really good finishes. It's a statement win for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I could tell we shocked them because they were just thinking like, oh, we're, we're going to roll these guys. Mm-hmm. I was thinking. And then uh, just the one kind of was special to me playing against Casey and Pedro mm-hmm. um, in San Jose. Uh, Pedro's one guy that I've looked up to for a long time. I've watched just about every one of his matches yep. just because he's similar size blocker, kind of relate my game a little bit to him, just kind of fundamental oh. doing certain things. So I really like Pedro's game. Yeah. I love like well, love watching his matches. So I can to play, see, I can so see to, the similarities now, now that you say it. <laughs> so to play him and Casey, and that event leading up to it, it was, it was special because we were training against Casey a lot. So I knew how bad he wanted it. We were kind of, I was working out at his house a little bit, and then it just was so fitting the way it was. It was like the last match Saturday to get to Sunday. I'm like, I knew I'm like I knew we'd play Casey at some point, and he was going through the losers bracket. <laughs> we were too after yeah. we lost one. We we had to win another one to get to him. So it was a uh, definitely a cool match, and never beat Pedro. And with Casey, it's always him and I will get into arguing match right. Tuesday and Thursday down at the beach, like, screaming <laughs> at each other. And it's yeah, we're just competitive, and that's what I love about him. So it's and Miles is always unsure if should I step in, and the coach <laughs> is like, should we? I'm like. One day, I remember Kelly was there. She was looking at me. I'm like, well, just don't worry. It's fine. I go, we yell at each other all the time. We're still good, great friends. So, But that was, a, that was a special match for me. Yeah, they probably yelled at each other for like 10 minutes. I was like, uh, do I just leave right now? What do I do here? This is really awkward. I'm just going to go set some balls. <laughs> Both of them were like, oh, we're never basically friends again. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Dude. And then, of course, the next day they're like, oh, what up, dude? For sure. Jeez. They're great. Um, I would say the, the North Seca days are 
the Nurseka qualifier days are days that no one knows you're there on the beach. It's like an AVP and it's like super, super tough. Um, there was one tournament, Bill, no one knows, but Bill was dying. He was literally dying. He was so sick. And he called me like a couple days before and he's like, dude, like you might have to find a new guy. Mm -hmm. I'm out. And he was like, I'm just going to try my best. If you want to roll with me, let's do it. And we play it and we take every match to three. <laughs> and oh we, we win our first. Thankfully, we end up playing uh, Rosie and Trevor, who I don't think I beat Trevor at the time. And we beat them in three and that was huge. And then we played uh, Casey Patterson and Stafford Slick. And that's a team who I respected a ton. And I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are really, really good. I don't know if we can beat them. And we ended up beating them in three, and we ended up qualifying uh, for the North Seca, which didn't end up happening. So <laughs> oh. it didn't really matter, but, you know, oh, yeah. it really sunk in deep, like, wow, I can do this. I can beat these guys. Like, I'm one of the best U.S. teams. It doesn't matter. Like, we can beat anybody. So that yeah. was a really big day for me. You should be sick more often, Bill. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, are you kidding me? Played out of his mind. <laughs> Walking to every ball. It was great. <laughs> like my, bro my brother was watching the match. The matches online. I think Jason Debilius was videoing. He goes... He goes, what was up with you? He goes, that was hard to watch because I was stalling, like walking mm -hmm. to every ball, like picking up the lines. Every match was like an hour and a half. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> he goes, that wasn't even fun to watch. He's like, yeah, it was cool. You won, but he goes, that was so slow. He was like three minutes between plays. I was struggling. So, if but it, was it worked out. IVB, you been no, there's no way. There's no <laughs> yeah, way. Exactly. 12 seconds. Yeah, no sake yeah. you can get away with it. You're just walking, ask them questions, mm -hmm. do what you got to do. So, that's really funny. Love it. And when are you guys leaving for the Hague? The first. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah, no, thankfully we <laughs> start doing 19 off, here, right? Yeah. We leave that morning. Don't go too hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a long plane flight for <laughs> you. <Yep. sure. laughs> now, is there anything else that you guys wanted to bring up uh, before we ask you our final question? Anything else you wanted to mention or that we might have missed? Mm. I don't think so. Ricardo DeMonte, you're a great coach. Thanks for everything you've done for me in my life. <laughs> Just have go. to give you some credit. Shout out. For sure. And then the, the question that we ask all of our guests is, if you had to give one piece of advice to an up-and-coming beach volleyball player, what piece of advice would that be? Uh, this one kind of hit home with me or just like has always been a, a struggle is just like believing in myself and just like going for what you think you can go for and going for your dreams. I would say if you have any doubt in yourself, get rid of it. If you want to become a professional beach volleyball player, if you want to have a great time on the beach playing beach volleyball, go for your dreams. It doesn't matter if you're 5'4", it doesn't matter if you're 7 feet, <laughs> go for it and give everything you got. For me, I think it would be just kind of, uh, don't get too kind of cocky with where you're at. I think it's, Always try to learn is kind of my biggest thing. I remember I have old videos from when I first moved out here of like going to a practice with Try and Hayden, and I still have the video of like walking to my car and videoing exactly what Hayden told me because I was bugging him so much. I'm like, yeah. at some point, he has to tell me something because I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. So at some point, he's going to give me a little tidbit of something. So I think just realize, like for me, I always realize, okay, that guy's better. Like, what can I learn from them? So I'm always watching and paying a lot close attention to the ones that are, I can admit they're, they're better, but if you kind of start and then you get to kind of take bits and pieces from them and then create your own game. So I think just 
be hungry and, and keep learning. There's always new stuff out there. I like it. Well, gentlemen, good luck in the Hague. We appreciate uh, you guys coming on. Glad we could finally get you yeah. on. We've been trying for a while. But you guys have been quite busy. Yeah, thanks for having <laughs> us. With your international travels, and uh, good luck. We'll be keeping up with you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, thanks, boys. Shoots. 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 <laughs> <laughs>